Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Episode 253, Sinking Funds Explained. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about sinking funds. And because... Yeah, nobody really talks about these, you know? They're just like, have a sinking fund for things. And then everyone's like, mm-hmm, like how many, like how much, like for what? And uh, so we're going to dive into some of that so that you, when somebody says sinking fund, you're like, I've got this and this. It's got this much. This is how much I contribute. And I feel very confident about mm. my sinking funds. Mm. That's a total yeah. pivot. That's a 180 right? all-in-one podcast episode. I will also be honest to you, I did not know what a sinking fund is for a very long time. I have known now for uh, over a God, year I at am least. I'm so glad you didn't uh-huh. say, I didn't know what sinking fund was until today. No, 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 no. That's, <laughs> that's not the case. But when we first kind of started out doing this podcast episode and I was introduced to all these people in the personal finance world and people were talking about this. I I didn't know what it was. It, it wasn't hard to understand what it was, but I it was a term I had never heard before. And it was to the point where I even felt like too embarrassed to ask you, Jen, because I knew it was one of those things like the internet's probably going to be able to tell me what this is. It still, of course, took me forever to finally like research it. Not that it takes much <laughs> researching, but even for those of you who aren't certain what a sinking fund is, mm-hmm. it'll be a, it'll be a three sixty for you on this episode to not only learn what it is, but then begin implementing. But that's probably yeah. not you. That was probably just me. I was very you, illiterate. You, yeah. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're going to get something from today's episode and it's going to be fun and not boring. But first, this sinking funds episode is brought to you by Debt Freedom. Mm. How convenient. Whoa. So if you know us, you know, we believe debt's neutral. It's not it's not the it's what you do with debt that grows or limits your finances. It's not the debt itself. So we also know from personal experience that getting rid of debt is friggin' awesome. And after a survey of you guys, we found that about 60% of you are trying to do just that. 
But actually, this sponsor isn't for that 60% of you directly. This is actually for our listeners who've paid off debt because we want to feature and celebrate you in an upcoming series called Debt Payoff Stories. And so hopefully you're listening to this because you've paid off debt and you want to get your sinking funds in order. That was the point of starting with this one. (laughs) I could be wrong. This could be people that are like, I'm not even at my debt yet. I just have no money. I'm so sorry if that's you. But we want to inspire you with the stories of people who've paid off debt. And that's who we're calling out to. So we want to share your your story for a special project that we are doing. Uh, so if you've reached your debt payoff goal, even if it's not 100% of your debt, we are okay with that. We are much more flexible than other debt payoff celebration series. Much more flexible. Uh, so head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash stories for more info and to fill out a short pre-screen survey. This is not a big commitment from you. We really just want to A, share your story so it inspires other people and B, celebrate you. Mm-hmm in whatever your debt payoff goal is, even if it's not aligned with other people's definition of of how you should celebrate debt payoff. So frugalfriendspodcast.com slash stories to share your interest with us. Very excited. Very excited about this. Also, if you are into sinking funds and debt payoff and all of that, mostly saving. Um, We have some other episodes for you to queue up after this one. So we've got episode 226, Save Smarter, Not Harder, um, How to Stick with Your Financial Plan. And that is about how to really be efficient in lowering your expenses so that you have more of a margin to build a savings. So if you're really struggling with just saving anything at all, then that's definitely one for you, episode 226. And then also episode 241 um, about divesting, and that's sustainable banking. That could be really interesting to you if you're wondering, where should I keep my sinking fund? Mm. Mm. I'm so excited about this. I don't know what it is about... Ever since I understood what they were, I'm like, (laughs) I am all in on that. And it gives me the permission to spend, really. It's this spending plan. It feels gamified to me, especially when sometimes you get to add more to it. And then when the time comes to spend on that thing, it's like, yeah, I already got it. I already got the coupon for that. It's called my sinking fund. Lovely. And so so also in addition to me, semi convincing you. We've got this article from Forbes, which gives some reasons to start a sinking fund in case you're still on the fence about this. And my my excitement isn't motivating you. And of course, it also explains what it is that a sinking fund is a bit different from savings, which are normally your longer term goals. A sinking fund is is it like a smaller savings account for a specific reason? And I really like how they separate this out, that there's a whole lot of freedom here, how large your sinking fund is, how often you make a contribution to it, how much you contribute to it. All of this is up to you. There's freedom, there's flexibility, you decide. But there are two rules of thumb that Forbes outlines, this Forbes article outlines is one, you intentionally save 
So it's not this haphazard or it's an intentional thing. You are saving for something. And number two, you don't use that fund for something else. So whatever it is that you've decided that sinking fund is for, it is for that specific purpose. Kind of like how an emergency fund is for emergencies, not the haircut you know you're going to need every six months. It's not an emergency. You saw that coming. So yeah, yeah. just because you forgot you scheduled it six months ago. <laughs> it's doesn't not an make it an emergency. Yeah. yeah. So similarly with the sinking fund. And what I also love about sinking funds is that you can have a lot of them. There can be many multiple sinking funds for many different reasons. We'll get into more giving examples to inspire you further. But I love these two foundational rules, Mm -hmm. intentional and specific. And I love that one of the rules isn't you have to have a sinking fund for everything. You have to know everything you're going to need a sinking fund for. That is really what separates a sinking fund from an emergency fund. So like for a car, you know that... You can anticipate. We we love to think, oh, I'm going to keep my car forever. I'm just going to keep it forever. Or I'm going to keep it for 10 years. But we have to look at the average length of time people keep their cars. Should you get into an accident or something, you need to be prepared with some kind of extra down payment to put onto a car if your car isn't going to have that much value at a later, you know, the the longer you hold it, it is a depreciating value. So look at it and you're like, okay, I have this car. It's four years old. I can anticipate that I may have it six more years. And so within six years, I need to have saved up enough to put a hefty amount down, even if it's not the total. And if if you've looked at the price of cars lately, don't, don't do it again. (laughs) And if you haven't, don't. Or, or do because you're going to need to know how much to put in your sinking fund. Be planful. Yeah. So, so you're going to need, you can't just rely on just trading in your car like everything's going to be perfect, like it's going to be an even split for down payment and all that. You need to prepare for stuff like that. And, and that stuff you can anticipate. It's not like an emergency. You can't, you shouldn't be, emergencies that you should not anticipate are, are kind of are fear-based almost. So we don't want to walk around in fear that we're going to lose our job. We want to live around in the confidence that this is a job we're going to keep, that we're going to be able to grow in, or that we're going to be able to um, use it as a stepping stone to get somewhere else. You don't want to live in fear of losing your job. That's why we use an emergency fund to compensate you for lost income for the average amount of time people in your field are typically out of work. That's what an emergency fund is for. Uh, You don't want to anticipate you'll get into a car accident that you'll get rear-ended and that you'll need a a lot of money up front for a car immediately. Um, That's what an emergency fund is for. But best case scenario, you don't get in an accident or you get in an accident in six years, you're, you're prepared. You don't need to use that emergency fund. So this is really what differentiates the emergency fund from the sinking fund. We plan for as many expenses as we can. We don't need to plan for individual expenses. We can, we can create broad categories for them. But if you look at around your house, then you're going to see things that need a sinking fund, guaranteed. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, we can go through these these six <laughs> six reasons, additional reasons, just to get our wheels turning and motivate us to do this. Jen, kick us off. Yes. So the first reason, besides the basis, I guess I did cover some reasons, but I really wanted to emphasize the difference between an emergency fund and a sinking fund, um, is that you can't avoid interest. Um, and so a lot of people argue that I will just use my credit card or I will take, I will have, um, a home equity line of credit and I will use those things as my emergency fund. That way I don't have to save or I can invest more, yada, yada. And unfortunately, like, I mean, yeah, you can absolutely do that, but you need to be at a place where your savings rate is high enough to pay those things off quickly, or you'll get yourself into a cycle of debt that you won't be able to escape from for a long time. So you should not rely on anything interest-based to put towards anything that does not gain equity, that does not appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of like a rule of thumb most financial advisors will tell you is that you don't use, you don't pay interest for anything that can't gain you more appreciation or equity than the interest costs you. And emergencies are (laughs) are not equitable. They will not, I mean, they will not do that for you. So, you should not, it is not responsible to rely on interest-based cards and loans to cover them mm. for 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 things that you can anticipate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's always like medical things. And this is really the only like caveat when you're when you're at a place where you have an emergency fund and it dwindles and you still have nothing, then th- that's where these things come in. They're not inherently evil. But there are so many things that you can see coming that should have, yeah, that yeah. you should have a sinking fund for. So you don't put them on finance. Yeah, it's these shorter term things in general, the things that are going to be upcoming in the next one to five years that we can foresee and we have a sinking fund for it and we can pay cash for it and we don't have to rely on high interest debt to cover that. The second reason for sinking funds is that it allows our emergency fund to remain intact. I know we've already talked a lot about that, but when we are able to have have these other smaller savings accounts for specific purposes, it means that we don't need to touch our emergency fund for those things. For instance, a lot of times we might dip into the emergency fund for certain car repairs, but reality is things like new tires, I can see that coming. I can know that probably in the next two to two to five years, I'm going to need new tires, and that's quite an expense. I can have a separate sinking fund for something like that that keeps my grimy little paws off of the emergency fund so that that emergency fund can remain intact for the true emergencies, the actual things that I really, truly did not see coming, nor did I fully want to be 
planning for or anticipating because it's it's an actual mm-hmm. emergency. It's I mean, like her, you know, the Hurricane Ian that came through recently. Like there were some unanticipated costs of needing to evacuate our home and stay in a hotel and loss of food. That's an emergency fund worthy thing. Like a natural disaster came through and yeah, we were able to dip into that a bit and hopefully reimburse that fund. But that's what the emergency fund is for, not these maintenance items. As we grow in our finances, of course, there's stepping stones. There could be times where, Mm -hmm. okay, great. I do have the money. I don't have to put this on a credit card. But then the next stepping stone is what are the things that we know are coming, we can anticipate, and we can keep a separate account beyond the emergency fund for that. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be multiple accounts either. I know some people want to have a separate high-yield savings account for each of their sinking funds. That's not me. I have one high-yield savings account, and that carries all of my sinking funds. And I have a separate one for my emergency fund. So I just have three accounts. And so I have an emergency fund, sinking funds, and the regular checking where everything comes out of. And that's it. That's very simple for me. If you want more, you can definitely have more. Uh, Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CIT is currently the high yield savings account that we are recommending right now. It has the highest APY of any of the accounts with the fewest hoops to jump through to get it. But yeah, you don't have to have a lot. So uh, the next one is you can pay off debt at the same time. And so this is when you're working on a limited income. This is super difficult. Um, And this may require some um, reprioritization in particular areas, depending on what you've identified. So when you're thinking about sinking funds, I say, look around your house. So if you're a homeowner, you should be looking at your home appliances, looking at the date of purchase, Googling when, how long that unit lasts, typically lasts, or how units and long units in general like that last. Say you have a water heater that's 30 years old, like we did. Ours was 30, maybe, no, it was 27 years old, 28 years old when we moved into our house. And we know that those things last for 30 years. So we got um, the price for one we wanted and how much it would cost to install. And so we spent two years saving for that in our sinking fund account. And it did last a little longer than that. We were and we were okay. And then we ended up getting the thing that we wanted. We wanted a tankless water heater. And we ended up getting a brand new one on Facebook Marketplace. So it was even less than we had originally thought because we weren't because we had the money and we we knew a timeline for how long it would last. So when we were about there, while it was still going, we were able to check on Facebook Marketplace for several months before this thing just popped up and Travis found it. So we weren't... It wasn't an emergency because we were just looking. So by the time that it did go, we just installed the new, the the brand new tankless water heater that we already had several months later, actually, because it started to leak. And, uh, and yeah. So when you're preparing for things like this in a sinking fund, it 
turns what could be an emergency into a inconvenience. If that just like something, you know, that another chore on your list. But so go around your house, look at the things that are going to need to be replaced. Is it your computer, your phone, your car, your water heater, your stove, whatever? It doesn't even have to be like a necessary thing. It's just like, I want a new stove. My stove's got five, you know, got 10 years on it left, but this isn't the type of stove I want. Then start saving for it in a sinking fund. And you can do that at mounts small enough if you're planning early that doesn't make it seem like it is a goal competing with a debt payoff goal. That's the that's the main point I wanted to make in this. If you start early, you're just transferring small amounts over. And so it's not a goal. It's a habit. And it's not competing with the bigger goal of debt payoff. Now, if something is like, this is going to go, this is already on the brink of going, it's going to go in like the next four months, then we pause the main goal, we refocus to a new goal of saving to replace that item. Once we've saved, we go back to the original goal. So that's kind of how you can balance your sinking fund goals and your debt payoff goals so they're not competing against each other. Mm. Yeah. Connected to this idea in your story, Jen, about the water heater, number four is advocating that it can help us avoid impulse purchases. And I would even add overspending on an item when we have a sinking fund for it because it provides a natural boundary line and parameter for how much we spend. So they give the example of, you know, if if we know we're going to be purchasing a car and we have a sinking fund for it, then that sinking fund kind of dictates which car we purchase because that's the amount that we have set aside for it versus if we don't have that sinking fund, sometimes we could just go into a dealership and just willy-nilly choose whatever after the first test drive and then experience buyer's remorse because we never really had any boundary lines helping us to identify what's realistic, what's affordable, what what can I be purchasing? And so, you know, a car is a massive example, but I would say even down to new furniture, you know, it's the difference between having money set aside. I've got $600 for a new couch versus I just want a new couch. So I'm going to go out and I, and I drop $12,000. Oopsie. So these limitations can really help us too in avoiding some of that overspending or impulse buys when we've got the amount we can spend. And really that allows us to spend more freely and with permission because here's the money I already have designated for this thing. Mm -hmm. And one thing I like about having one sinking fund account for everything is that say I'm saving for a couch. I know the couch I want. I've planned for it and I'm saving for it. And I see it at a price I've never seen it at before. Or I see it on the exact couch I want on Facebook Marketplace. I'll never see this amount again, but I don't have that much saved yet. I can just take from another sinking fund, essentially, to take advantage of that deal which is not an impulse buy. It's something I've had planned and take advantage of that deal and then just compensate with continuing to like, you know, quote unquote, save for the couch into the sinking fund. Even though I've already bought the couch, I'm still saving for the couch up until that amount that I've purchased it for. 
So that can be a, a perk too versus like if I just had, if I'm trying to find a thousand dollar couch and I have a sinking fund and I only have 600 in it, but I see it for 700, then, you know, what am I going to have to do with that? How do I finagle that? But if I already have other sinking funds in the account, I can just, I don't have to worry about it. I can take advantage of the deal on the thing that I've planned to get and, and not really worry about it. It's breaking rule number two, Jen, but I'll allow it. That's not taking from your emergency fund. Well, but the sinking fund being the specific. But yes, that's that is a nice approach, though. The flexibility yeah. of just having a sinking fund and here's the various things I want to use that sinking fund for. I do think it's, it's a great alternative approach because it solves for the pri- the the difficulty of prioritizing. That's mm-hmm. the thing that always stands out to me is when I start to think about all the things I could or should be saving for, it's quite overwhelming and sometimes it can lead to a lack of gratitude for like what I do have and just feel like, "Oh my gosh, I'm never gonna have enough" because whether you look at your home or your car or the the wants or desires that you have for the future, like there are endless possibilities of the things mm-hmm. that we could be saving for. So prioritizing can be like the next difficult barrier in this process of a sinking fund, but your approach Jen kind of solves for that to say here's the sinking fund. Here's the three to five things currently on that list, but that can shift so that we don't have to really lose sleep at night over how do I decide what these sinking funds are being allocated to. Yeah. And at first, it comes down to figuring out what you value Mm -hmm. and saying no to some things that you could save for that other people are saving for that are perfectly fine to save for, but you're saying no to so that you can save for other things. That's a great point. Uh, So you have to know that first before you start your sinking funds. So the next reason it's really important to have a sinking funds is if you earn a variable income. And so this is this is the only way that I would have if I I do have a variable income so maybe I should have this fourth account but so sometimes if you have a variable income especially if you are commission based and you make most of your commission in one season versus the other 3 then you should start a just an income sinking fund where you're kind of totaling up everything you made over the last year and dividing that by 12 so you have a stable income to plan from. And then when you make your big income, you're not spending lavishly in those few months. You're putting it in the sinking fund, anything that's over and above the average. And then every month you're supplementing your income from the separate sinking fund. Uh, So this is a really important way to stabilize your budgeting uh, if that's something you're having a problem with from an extremely variable income. Love that idea. And lastly, reason for sinking funds is because we can't predict the future. We can be planful and that's what sinking funds and emergency funds are advocating for. But even as this article points out, we might be saving for something, but we don't know, okay, I could think two years from now, I'm going to need new tires, but maybe something happens where a tire gets destroyed, like it did for me in the parking lot of jury duty. 
And suddenly we need new tires before we thought that we did. And so having some money already set aside is going to be really helpful for, yes, we can't predict the future, but these help us to be planful and intentional and just better prepared for when these things arise Oh, it feels so good. I would say that's probably a good portion. I don't know what percentage, but a good portion of our bill of the week segments that we get in are people who are just so excited about some of these unforeseen bills because they did indeed plan for them. It's such a Mm -hmm. good feeling because of the permission that it gives us to spend that money because it's we have it and it's set aside for that reason. Absolutely. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. So our next article is four steps to starting a sinking fund. And we're going to dive also a little bit into more types of sinking funds that you could start. But I really liked that this article started with what should you use sinking funds for? And this list that they give an example. Is there anything on the list, Jill, that like you didn't think about? One of the ones that stands out to me is preparing for a planned medical or dental procedure. I'm sure like many of our listeners, mm-hmm. I don't have 
dental insurance, like other things are covered. I don't know why we've decided as a nation, our eyes and our teeth don't matter, but they feel really crucial to me. And we all know that when when we got a toothache, oh, that is the worst. It's it's an emergency and it needs to get figured out ASAP. This is weird to me. Uh, So planning for having a sinking fund for those things that aren't covered by our medical insurance, but we definitely know we need like eye Mm -hmm. care and dental care holy smokes it's not what this podcast is about but get me all in a tizzy over here i like that idea having a sinking fund for that Mm -hmm. yeah so they've got the standard ones on here like sinking funds for christmas for the planned medical or dental procedures um a family reunion or vacation we didn't talk about that but that's a a very common sinking fund is for vacation, and it should be. Um, buying a new car, taking on a new home renovation. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Home renovations are not investments. They are quality of life improvements. Uh, so they Except should be safe for. Except in my case. Okay. You are creating an income producing section of your house. That's true. But also you saw my kitchen. This is an upgrade and it will help in the sale of a house. The kitchen was a dumpster fire. Right. Well, well all upgrades. Okay. All upgrades are... are benefit in the sale of the house, but then you dump that money right back into a different form of living. So that just that's circular for for cost of living. So it's not something you should be taking out a loan for, is what I'm saying, is taking out a loan for home improvements for things that won't make you money. Should you uh, create a second part of your house that it generates income? Sure. Then that could that could make its money back. But Typically, home renovations that are quality of life improving, and yes, they improve the house value, those should be saved for in a sinking fund. Covering annual tuition costs for private school or daycare, um, renewing yearly memberships or subscriptions like Costco or Amazon Prime. I would push back on that. That's that's yeah, just a part of the budget. Right. That's 120 bucks or less. So mm-hmm. don't don't mm-hmm. waste your time. Planning for property or income tax payments, that can often be something that's more than your miscellaneous fund. Uh, back to school shopping, uh, new living room and bedroom furniture or major appliance upgrades, routine car repair costs, and then the unexpected expenses like medical emergencies and forgotten insurance premiums. I don't know how many insurance premiums you have that you could have forgotten ones. <laughs> Unless you're, it's like I have as few necessary insurance premiums as possible. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go through let's go through the steps. Uh, the first step is to determine your timeline and input. I mean, I would uh, I would actually argue before that decide what the funds are for, unless you're doing a gen mm-hmm. approach and you're just you're throwing it all into a bucket and walking away and moving on with your life, which is fine too. <laughs> you know, some people just like to wing it, Jill. Yeah, yeah, you're like you're proactively winging it, and I love that about I you. I am proactively winging it. So I would say one A is to have some idea of 
the sinking funds that you want? What are you going to be putting these things towards and whether or not you have it actually separated out or it's just one fund, that's fine to decide that. And then 1B, determine your timeline and how much you're going to put into it. So let's say you've got a kid and you're already starting to see their teeth are a little funky and you're going to want to put some braces on that mouth. All right. How much time do you have until you're going to do braces for your child? Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Those are some of the things that are going to help determine the timeline. Or are we saving for the holidays? Usually that's just an annual thing. So you've got the the one year. Or maybe you haven't started until right now. You got two months. It comes the same day every year. Right. I just want to remind you, Christmas, it's the same day. Sure. Every year. Sure. But we just didn't think about it until right now. And then how Mm -hmm. much do you want ultimately save for that thing? Sometimes then you can just divide it by the month. Okay, that means I need to put this much aside every month. You you decide the timeline, you decide the input, but that is going to help you determine how you're approaching this sinking fund. For me, for a Christmas sinking fund, I decided I wanted to have 350. For me, that's a good price. I can what whatever it's going to end up covering around the holidays. I wanted 350 in that fund. So, depending on the timeline that I started it, I could have put it anywhere from yeah, 50 bucks here, 10 bucks there until eventually December comes and I got 350 sitting in that account. Mm. Yes. So, yeah, definitely figure out look just look around your home. Just go around and walk around. Walk Go around, around and walk around and skip around walk and jump around, around the inside and the outside. And that may also determine how soon you need a vacation, uh, depending on how many toys you see on the floor. But and then figure out what you want to save for, prioritize it because you you should not save for everything at once. Hear hear me now. If you need if you have three things that need to be replaced, don't save for them all at once. Save for them back to back. And should one go out before the the other one. So if number 2 goes out before number 1, then you can just use the stuff you save for number 1 and then save for number 1 again. Great it's tip. very flexible. Great it's tip. your money. But prioritize complete one thing before you go to the next and and figure out a timeline for that. And many of the um, savings accounts, actually, you can have one savings account, but with different quote unquote buckets that you can say, okay, I have 5,000 in this account, but you know, 1,500 of it is for this, 1,500 of it is for this, yada, yada. Mm, I keep a spreadsheet for that. So that you don't lose track. Or you can keep a spreadsheet if you're not winging it. So next is decide what type of account will work best. We've already said that high-yield savings accounts, those are the best. Those are what you want to work with. Because we even say keep your emergency fund in a high-yield savings account. This is an even shorter term than a high-yield savings account. Um, And you still don't know when you're going to need it typically. So... Keep it in something that's high yield, that doesn't charge fees if you're not actively putting money into it, um, because you won't, you don't always have to put money into your sinking fund all the time. If you've saved for, hopefully you'll get to a point where you've saved for the things you need to save for, 
And that money's just sitting there. And you don't want to be charged a fee for it to sit there. And most of the online high-yield savings accounts nowadays do not have fees for stuff like that. They have, you know, $250 minimum to put in, but no minimum to hold after that. Or, you know, you don't have to set up direct deposit to it or anything. So make sure you're checking that. Again, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CIT meets all those qualifications, has a really good APY above 2%. So that is what we think works best. And you typically will get a a debit card with the account as well um, so that you'll never have to wait that one to three days to transfer it to your regular account. And number three on here is to organize a tracking system. So like we've mentioned, maybe you're working with a savings account that allows you to kind of allocate buckets within that one account, or you need a separate spreadsheet. That's kind of how I approach it is having a spreadsheet where maybe all the money is just in one account, but I'm keeping track of, but how much of that money is for this fund? How much of it is for that fund? And so that's where I kind of track as I put money in what's being allocated to what thing that I'm saving for. But some sort of system is going to be helpful so that you make sure you're not accidentally spending money on something that you didn't you didn't mean to that the money is actually being allocated for something else so having some sort of way to keep track is important yeah and then the last is to just get started saving for a sinking fund is a habit not a goal again a lot of the times we're like how do i balance all of these goals like saving for this saving for that this is not a goal a sinking fund is not a goal it's a habit and you save into it every month along with your bigger goal. So whatever your bigger goal at the time is, whether it's saving a full emergency fund, whether it's paying off debt, this is something that is a a, a habit. And sometimes it will transcend into a goal if it's a short term, you know, like your friends getting married in a whirlwind marriage and they want you to be there in Italy and you're like, okay, I'll save for it. I'm going to pause this and save for this. Sometimes you get stuff like that. But ultimately, regularly saving is a habit. It's just something you do. You got to go. You got to do it. You got to start. Start somewhere and you'll just get even better and better at it. It becomes muscle memory. Yeah. You know what's muscle memory that I have started and can never stop? Oh, it's the best kind of habit. It's uh, I just do it. The, the bill, bill of the, of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hey, Jen and Jill. This is Ashley. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. And my son and I are very excited to give you a Bill of the Week because we listen to your show all the time. He is seven, by the way. But our Bill of the Week is a couple of weeks ago, our kitchen faucet busted off in our home. 
So we were unable to use it without water just being everywhere. And I was able to, through the help of YouTube and my dad coaching me over the phone, go out and get my own kitchen sink faucet, replace it, and add shutoff valves that were not already in place. So if there's ever an emergency again, we at least have shutoff valves that we did not have prior to this. So I saved myself a plumber bill by doing this, and it was absolutely fantastic. And also, my seven-year-old's name is William, so there's a second bill. I love you guys. You guys are great. You're my heroes. Keep doing what you do. You give me so much inspiration. Thanks. Bye. Ashley! Ashley! How did you save the best part for last? How was that? (laughs) Like, oh, side note, by the way... This is the very thing that the Bill of the Week theme song calls for, and we have not gotten it until this very moment. I mean, my sidebar is I'm very proud of you for doing your own plumbing work and saving yourself on that bill, but also seven-year-old William, we are here for you. Thanks Shout for out listening to, you. to us. You are the Bill of the Week, if not the Bill of the Month, Year, Decade, Millennium. This is amazing. (laughs) Thanks for telling your mom to call in and tell us about her amazing plumbing DIY problem solving skills and just for being you. Yes. Congrats, Ashley. What a great feeling to try and do something on your own. Shout out to your dad and to YouTube. And then actually being able to do it. Like, you know, when you're when something's outside of your capabilities and you're like, yeah, I'll let a professional do this versus just, you know, screwing it all up. But like, it's a, that's something that's actually doable. You figured out how to do it. You got creative. You got scrappy. You did it. And I'm so proud of you, Ashley. And it's just serendipitous that your son's name is William. Hey, William, shout out. So happy to have you guys as wow. frugal friends. <gasps> it's going to take me a long time to come down from this high. Yeah. It, I, I always think, oh, these this bill of the week can't get topped. And I think we've truly now arrived. I am not certain. But hey, give it a try. If you want to submit your bill of the week, if you have an actual son named William who listens to our podcast. If you are Bill Curtis. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That, that'll be if Jen's, you are Bill Curtis. I don't know. This might top it for me. Oh, William. You can try. Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. But truly, we'll listen to any bill. I get excited about all of them. I'm just really, really stoked on this one. But I'll be I'll be by the time you submit your bill, I'll be stoked on your message too. So do it. Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. I don't love creating my spending plan each month and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. 
I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. And now it's time for the lightning round. round. That was a new way of introducing it. Yeah, that was was good. From Goldie, what kind of things do you have sinking funds for? Uh, Jill, I'll let you go. I got, I got them. Ever since I learned what a sinking mm-hmm. fund was, it's, it's you are my a, new a favorite sinking toy. Fan girl, <laughs> yes. and I'm here for it. Sinking I'm fund fiend. So, as you mentioned, Jen, my sinking funds are connected to my core values. So, if we're thinking about prioritizing, that's another way to kind of consider this. Of course, you've just got the necessities like new tires on my car aren't necessarily a core value. Although, you know, if safety is really important, that's good too. But my sinking funds are connected to a lot of my core values. So I've got a uh, sinking fund for Christmas because like you said, Jen, Christmas is on the same day every year. So we should see it coming. But mind you, this is actually the first year that I created a sinking fund for Christmas. So I'm finally a full-grown, frugal adult who's planning for the impending holiday. So proud of that. And I also have a sinking fund for travel. I will say that I don't actually have a goal for how much money goes into travel. I just have the regularity and amount that I add to the travel. So then when I finally do get to the point of, oh, I want to book a trip, it kind of helps me to determine, oh, well, I've got this much set aside for travel. So I don't have an end goal of what amount is going to go into that account. More so just a, I just keep adding to it and then pulling from it, adding to it and pulling from it. We also have a sinking fund for Eric's music equipment. That is a, a core value of his, really. That's an important one. It's an important aspect of his personhood and what he likes to engage in. So having letting him have his letting him him having his own account for that where he knows I can pull money from this and I don't feel stressed about oh, you spend how much on a new drum head. It he's got the money for it and that's set aside. So that that's just a helpful thing for our marriage. And then we've got a sinking fund for our renovations because we're deep into that. Again, that helps us to set our budgets for how much we can spend on cabinetry and countertops. We've got this renovations fund. And then I have a generosity fund. So money just goes into this other 
a sinking fund that I know as a need arises, I can pull from that and give to whatever it is that might be in front of me. Mm -hmm. Those are my sinking funds. Christmas, travel, music, reno, generosity. Beautiful. What about you, Jen? Uh, Well, I got a sinking fund. I've got one sinking fund for kind of everything. We have money saved for a renovation. So that's pretty much all in there. And we are, that's pretty much all that's in there right now. Because that encompasses like everything in our house getting replaced. Yeah. (laughs) Like we don't have to have several like for the water heater and the oven and the fridge. And it's like, it's all in there. It all needs to be replaced. (laughs) So it's all under renovation. Yeah. Yeah. It's all from like the 80s and it's going to go soon. And then we are hoping to get a new car next year. Because the car I have is definitely a lemon, unfortunately. It's I, w- I wouldn't want to change my car, but it's it's unsafe to drive. And Hyundai doesn't care. So that's um, been frustrating to deal with for the past three years. And, and it's just kind of like, okay, I give up. I'm tired. And uh, so, so yeah, that a couple thousand for that. But most of that, because that car is paid off. So all of it can go towards um, just transferring into another used car. But so we just got a couple of grand for that. And I think, I think that's it. I mean, I do have a baby sinking fund. <gasps> I'm saving some for a baby. So mm-hmm. surprise. <laughs> Is this, an an- a is this an announcement? Yeah. Is it happening in this episode? Yeah. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I love how you... Watching you announce this pregnancy is like <laughs> one of my new faves because it's very minimal buildup. It, it carries so much excitement. <laughs> we didn't even discuss like, when are you going to announce it to our podcast community? And and apparently it's it right just, now and it's baked yeah. into side note sinking fund. Oh my yeah. gosh, you're so funny. <laughs> and I'm so excited yeah. for you. Well, our next episode is about health insurance and I was thinking about doing it then, but then I just like the time never came, but I am saving for the hospital bills that will arise from this pregnancy mm-hmm. ordeal. Um, <laughs> when it's your second, it's an ordeal, apparently. <laughs> yeah. When it's your second, it's an ordeal. So, so yeah, I think that's the biggest, that's, that is the only thing we are actively saving for. Everything else is, is in the bag. And, um, so yay, Jen. Yeah, I still got a couple more months for that. Jen's having a baby. It's gonna be her second child. When are you due? Everyone's gonna want to know. March twenty second. So we will have. Um, you will hear me on the show. We're gonna batch a lot of them before I leave, and then we're gonna have some guest co-hosts that you have heard before. So stay tuned for that. It'll be me and Jill holding it down with no kids and some guest co-hosts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it'll be mostly me. 
up until just a few weeks of guest co-hosts. But um, but yeah, Yay. that's what's going on. If you all are so excited and want to want a more intimate look on Jen's pregnancy journey, you should probably join our Patreon. Which yes. we're about to talk about. Will... Thank you, everyone, for listening. And many of you know we have a private club for listeners trying to pay off debt. But we also have a Patreon for frugal friends who just want to support the show and get some free goodies and some side piece insight. That, yeah, that includes a bonus episode where you can definitely ask me questions about my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. You can ask questions about anything. I'm going to ask Jen. My One of my favorite things... <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit this on this platform, but here we are. We're here. I love watching pregnant women dance, like when they're real big and pregnant, oh and then goodness. they like dance to club songs. It's one of my favorite things. So my request to you uh, that you're just finding out now is I'm going to have you dance to something. Oh, it'll probably be Yummy by Justin Bieber. I'm going to wait till you're like seven or eight months pregnant and then I'm going to play it and I'm going to videotape it. So uh, we want to shout out. It won't play anywhere except for the Patreon. It won't play anywhere except for the Patreon. And we want to shout out our newest patrons on Patreon from September. We got Janine T, Chapin C, Felicia B, Samantha H, Ashley R, Deborah M, Elizabeth C, Alicia M, Jennifer E, Elena E, Donna F, Allison H, Rachel P, Jennifer J, Christy L, Chris A, Ashley L, Cindy A, Kristen W, Kelly K, Savannah D, Naomi H. If you want your name on Woo! this list, come join. <laughs> that us. was so good. <laughs> yeah. Yay. So glad to have all of you with us. Uh, and we love each and every one of you. And yeah, we're over there. Do one bonus episode a month. We get to we ask the the lightning round question every Tuesday and Friday. So people chime in. If you have an answer to the lightning round, you get to answer it in the Patreon and hear other people's answer. And yeah, and we send uh, free bumper stickers too. So check it out, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash Patreon. See what we've got going on. And see you next time on this pod. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Jill, I don't know if I'm going to dance for you. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Because you just said you're going to do it for the Patreon. So it won't be. It's, I'll do it for the go. Patreon. Not I'm not going to do it for you. It's for it's for the Patreon patrons. Yeah, and I'll just be here for it. I don't like to be used. Ah, you here. It feels you, dirty. We need a mindset shift on that one. It's not used. It's pu- pu- being a public servant. Okay, let's transition away from my body <laughs> and talk about Halloween which is this weekend. And on our episode of of favorite, like fall things, um, I said I wanted to do like a family costume of Paw Patrol. But I'm not a big Halloween person. I mean, I love Halloween. I'm not a big costume person. I love attending. I hate scary things, but I love... I love fun Halloween stuff. Yeah. So not scary Halloween When you have kids, I feel like you get into the cute stuff of the season. Yes. Okay. So that's where I'm at. And uh, so, but I hate costumes. I hate single wear items. 
And so instead of getting Kai a costume, I bought him a sweatshirt that has the face of his favorite Paw Patrol, Zuma. (laughs) And we actually shout out to one of our listeners. She sent me a picture of her kids dressed up as the Paw Patrol. And one of them was Zuma. And she had to like make it herself. Zuma is the most underrated Paw Patrol. But he is my son's favorite. And um, but I just don't have the creativity or the desire to create a costume. The that's costumes fair. are not my thing. Because it's because you're pregnant and also that sucks. Oh no, the that's just me. Energy. Just me. Could, I just don't like costumes. All right, all right. Um, I don't like costumes. But I got him this sweatshirt and he has been so excited about it. And so he's going to be Zuma, but essentially just wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> and he's so excited for it. And I got him this bucket, like a jack-o'-lantern bucket. And for two weeks, this kid has been all over it, like taking it everywhere. Like he's never had this attachment to a stuffed animal before or any kind of toy. But he is obsessed with this jack-o'-lantern bucket. That's cute. And... I think this is just going to be the best Halloween for him ever. And I am going to wear a red tank top <laughs> and I'm going to be Marshall. I love it. Are you going to come to my house? Am I supposed to have candy for you? No, I have made a list of all of the, well, 12 trunk or treats over two weeks that are in the area Whoa. where we can get free candy. Whoa, <laughs> that's legit. Yeah. Pro tip, check out Facebook events just search trunk or treat and look at all the ones in your area and uh, just use them to supplement the neighborhood because there's not a lot of stuff going on on Monday. But like tonight, there's so much going on. Saturday night is more for the adults. So there wasn't a lot of kid stuff going on Saturday night, but Sunday. Yeah. But tonight it's all about the kids. There's like, we're going to six events. We're going trick-or-treating six places tonight. Wow. So then tomorrow mm-hmm. I'll be over at your house swiping some of that candy. Eating candy. Yeah. All right. There's a pro tip, pro parenting tip for you. All the free candy. <laughs> our favorite F word. Our second favorite F word. <laughs> okay, bye. You dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more more info now. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.